Welcome everyone to this episode of Exploring Digital Literacies and Imagery. I'm your host, Gabby Kaufman, currently pursuing a master's degree in art education at Adelphi. My background is in fine arts and I am passionate about bringing higher education in the arts to the forefront. And I'm Liv Rouse, your co-host, excited to be here along Gabby. Um, I am pursuing a master's degree in art education as well, and my background is in visual arts and psychology. So it's exciting to get to talk about imagery, uh, and the way we create and process it today. Um, before we delve into the world of digital literacy and imagery, let's kick things off by discussing our perspectives on what digital literacy means to each of us. Absolutely, Liv. Now let's take a look at the comprehensive definition of digital literacy. From the New York State Computer Science and Digital, Liter digital Fluency Learning Standards for grades K through 12, digital literacy can be defined as the ability to effectively use digital technologies for creation, research, communication, collaboration, and, inf and information sharing. It involves not only understanding technology, but also the skills to use it proficiently. Now, drawing from my background in fine arts, I've, al I've analyzed countless images over the years, diving into even the smallest details of paintings. Similarly, students compare results across various search engines and compare searches on different devices. It's like comparing different painters to the works and identifying commonalities and differences. And this can be achieved by helping students establish connections between subjects and images. I myself learned throughout being a student that I really heavily rely on the images and visual explanations. Just because I was diagnosed with auditory processing disorder, I have met children and adults just like me who, have, who are helping and having images help them understand the subject and gives them a link between the units that we are teaching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's fascinating to explore the terminology associated with digitally enhanced um, creative practices like software art or digital art, interactive art, and uh, others. Um, the landscape has evolved over the years, transitioning from a niche to an integral part of a contemporary art. Um, as someone who creates, using a digital program very often, my choice either being Clip Studio or Procreate, it's interesting to also see the ways in which um, the conversation has changed regarding it. So while the landscape has certainly evolved, we still rely on basic visual literacy to interpret a lot of it. Indeed, Liv. It's intriguing how, scholar, uh, how scholars like Dominic Lopez distinguish between computer art and digital art. While computers handle various digital content, such as images, music, and text, the debate continues whether digital art is distinct form or not. Exactly. Um, there's a range of roles artists can take in relation to software, from being a user or um, a user of software to a program collaborator. Um, as, techno as technology has evolved, so have these roles, which uh, with artists now collaborating with programmers and even becoming programmers themselves. Um, the categories within this taxon taxonomy are flexible and can often overlap. So it's pretty cool. Um, we've shifted from a text-dominated internet to one that's heavily visual, um, and images are a universal language that transcend both borders and cultures. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I think things like memes are actually so interesting because of how quickly they evolve and take on new meanings, while an understanding of the original is somewhat needed in order to format and structure a new one. 
um, images have the power to convey complex ideas quickly and evoke motions in ways in, excuse me, uh, invoke emotions in ways that words alone often can't. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And so fascinating. With great power comes great responsibility, right? How can you critically <laughs> engage with the images we encounter online, though? I think the first step is to be aware that not everything we see online is what it seems. Um, we need to develop a critical eye and question the authenticity of images, as well as their sources. So, for example, like the rise in AI and AI results not being filtered out of most search engines. Um fact checking is more crucial than ever before and things like deep fakes and editing or splicing video and photos together in a seamless manner can quickly lead you to believe something that's entirely false so tools like reverse image searches can help determine uh, an image's origin and context or simply going to the comments and seeing what other people have to say more often not more often than not there are people already talking about what is being presented as false with some kind of evidence like cited context or links to original videos or a read more um just last night i saw a fake video where a government official was trying to hold a press conference despite his wife just dying moments before and the first top comment was explaining it was a skit done by a satirical comedy group that was then taken out of context and edited to sad music to convey like a realistic situation um and then they included a link to the original video proving like that it wasn't real um and judging by like a lot of other top comments people seem to think it was which is kind of scary (laughs) So what you're trying to say is that it's not just about passive consumption, but it's also about actively analyzing and evaluating what we see all together, right? Yeah. Um, it's Digital literacy is about being an active participant um, in a digital world, right? So in the age of an endless scroll and an algorithmic feed, um, we are quick to ghost over content as it appears in front of us one moment and then disappears the next. Um, but by being an active participant, it involves, um, it allows us to understand how images are created and manipulated, um, but also to consider the intentions behind them um, and meaningfully engage with them. So like, are they meant to entertain us or inform, persuade, or sometimes even to deceive? That's such an important distinction. So what about creating your own digital imagery? How can individuals harness this medium effectively? and come across um, captivating almost. Well, uh, creating digital imagery can be a powerful form of self-expression, or it could be used for just simple communication, Um, whether it's through photography, graphic design, or even making memes. um, Individuals have the tools to contribute meaningfully um, to a online conversation. Um, But it's essential to remember the ethical aspects too. So like respecting copyright, avoid plagiarism, and be mindful of how your images or edits of those images might impact others. Right. Ethics matter in the digital world just as much as they do in the physical world. Now, with the rise of social media, anyone can be an image creator and a sharer. What's your advice for being a responsible digital citizen? Um... Being a responsible digital citizen means not only respecting others' content, but also considering the consequences of what you share. Um, I often think about seeing 
different accounts reposting other people's artwork, just as like a, a thing that I think me and you both are very aware of as artists. Um, yeah. And the original artist either losing out on exposure in an art world that's led by that social economy or just having their work completely stolen from them and losing all of their credit. Um, so while it means things like that, it also means not posting images of like friends and strangers without their consent and being aware of how you portray yourself or how you interpret something might be differently interpreted by somebody else. Um, you know, to ask yourself if an image promotes empathy or understanding um, and what kind of dialogue uh, do you think it'll generate? Um, and just being aware of the potential for harm and misinformation and th to think before you post, which I think is something we've all heard before. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in terms of using imagery as a tool, uh, do you feel as though including images in your lesson plans um, or encouraging doodling on papers or correlating images with slides help students remember or like understand the lessons being taught? Um, I think so, absolutely. Including images and encouraging doodling can be a fantastic tool for improving students' learning experiences. Think of it as adding some flavor to a dish to make it more enjoyable. When you're teaching, you want to engage as many senses as possible, and visuals do just that. Images help learners by providing a visual context for the information being taught. For example, if you're explaining the solar system, showing a picture of planets orbiting the sun is so much more effective than just describing it in words. Doodling, on the other hand, may seem like a distraction to some, but for many students, it's a way to stay engaged. It's almost like a fidget toy for, he uh, for the brain. <laughs> when students doodle, they often process what they're hearing or reading in a different way. It can help them stay focused. Also, pairing images with your slides or lesson plans is like adding a map to a treasure hunt. It guides your students through the information, making it easier for them to follow and remember. Visuals can simplify, sorry, excuse me. Visuals can simplify complex ideas and well-placed images, images can be worth a thousand words. So in the world of education, think of images and doodles as your trusty sidekick, helping you on your quest to make learning more engaging, memorable, and fun. They're not just decorations, they're essential tools for effective teaching. And while we're on that topic of adding images into lessons we teach, do you have any resources or practices you would recommend for our listeners to enhance their digital literacy regarding imagery? Yeah, for sure. There are many online courses and tutorials that teach uh, digital literacy and image editing skills. Um, in today's highly digitized world, the terms artist and software user have become synonymous in a lot of circles. Um, there are many well-structured and accessible tutorials on online platforms like Adobe Spark, YouTube, Patreon, Domestica, and even places like Skillshare. Um, I'd also encourage just the practice of non-digital art making, such as photography or drawing, so one can practice using visual language in a variety of different ways before adapting it to a digital platform, right? Because you have to have like a base knowledge of it before you can begin adding in other facets of it. Um, so even things like world building in video games like Animal Crossing or Minecraft teach the brain how to use sets of given visual information and tools to a user's advantage. 
Um, and it's also important for artists engaged with soft software culture to continue their critique because software still carries inherent biases and implications. Absolutely, Liv. While some consider software merely as a tool, others argue that it could be an art form in itself. Artists who engage deeply with software contribute valuable insight to both their creative arts and border society. True. Um, but there are still obstacles that remain um, in integrating software as an art form in into creative arts education. Um, there's definitely a need for inter uh, interdisciplinary programs that blend art and technology, um, which will offer students a holistic understanding of both fields. And they don't have to devalue one another, but rather enhance and broaden our understanding of both. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. One possible way forward is through the software art extension programs for secondary students. These programs could bridge a gap between art and technology, fostering a deep engagement and appreciation for the interdisciplinary nature of creative expression. I can talk about my personal experience with this as well. Because when I was in high school, I wasn't really into art, and then I was introduced to a new program that my high school introduced, and it was called Media Art. We worked in developing technical skills while integrating different art forms, um, and we taught, and we were taught how we take different styles of art and translate them into the digital world. And since that program was so new to me, me and my teacher developed another class that delved a little bit deeper into it, and that was our graphic arts class. The amount of people that I have met over the course of the past even five years, and I've realized lack even the most basic computer knowledge and technical skills, like simply finding even your hotkeys, your command C, command V, copy and pasting, even printing, just those simple keys and even just the simple technical skills are so important. And I was so lucky to be taught that in my high school. Yeah, that's like stuff I still struggle with, honestly. Um, as someone who's been in like an HP user their entire life, um, I just switched over to Mac computers and it's not all the same. Like all of the commands are different. So nothing is even, um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's not all streamlined or it's not all the same. Um, but either way, that's a, that's a great approach. And as we conclude the episode, it's clear that Digital literacy and art are intricately intertwined, shaping both the way we create, express, and perceive the digital age. Um, and we have learned and touched upon the benefits of adding imagery to lessons, along with what it provides for our students and our peers. Indeed, Liv. Thank you all for joining us for this insightful journey into the world of digital literacy and art. Stay tuned for more exciting discussions in our upcoming episodes. Yay! <laughs>